Okay. Hello, everyone. This is Premier Chess CEO, National Master Evan Rabin, and I am very excited to be here on episode 218 of the Premier Chess podcast, where every single week we interview great uh, professionals who have found their passion in whatever it is uh, that they do, uh, whether it be uh, you know, being a chess player, being a business coach, being a nonprofit executive, attorney, uh, et cetera. And this week we have uh, Michael Fried, who's a partner at Berkman, Bacher, Newman, and Shine. Uh, he's been practicing matrimonial and family law uh, for quite a while, since 1997. Uh, he became uh, a partner uh, at this firm in particular back in September uh, 2019. And uh, yeah, um, I'm actually grateful to uh, my friend uh, Rebecca uh, Solanovic, uh, who was on the podcast actually just a couple weeks ago uh, for introducing to me, introducing me to Michael uh, recently. Um, I was actually recently on uh, his show, uh, Five Minutes with Freed, um, which is a, a interview show uh, on YouTube. And uh, yeah, it's my pleasure uh, having you on. How's everything going? Everything's great, Evan. Thank you for, uh, for having me on the show. Yeah, my, my sincere pleasure. It's, uh, you know, always great to connect and learn more about, uh, you know, passionate people like yourself. So um, I guess, uh, you know, to start out, I uh, just wanted to uh, you know, maybe get a little bit more of, uh, you know, about yourself. Uh, you know, you've been practicing law for, uh, you know, many years, you know, you, you got your doctorate of law from, you know, Toro University, but uh, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, your career and how you got to uh, where you are today? Sure, sure. So, uh, yeah, I've been practicing 25 years, uh, solely in the area of matrimonial and family law. I went to uh, Toro Law Center, out in, um, actually it was in Huntington on the island. Now it's, uh, it's in Central Islip. And uh, I've basically been doing this again, 25 years, strictly matrimonial. So any, any divorce matter, prenuptial agreements, postnuptial agreements. Um, I'm also a fellow of the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers, which is uh, a national group of about 1600 people and in about 150 of those in New York alone. And we had to take a licensing exam. So uh, yeah, it, it, that's been pretty much what I've been doing the last 25 years. Amazing. Um, so one thing that, you know, I guess I, I like to do is just learn a little bit more about, you know, what people actually do. Uh, you know, many people, for instance, are surprised that, you know, I actually run a chess business full time. Uh, you know, when I do say I run a chess business, uh, you know, they ask me, you know, hey, what, what, what's your day job? Uh, not realizing that, you know, we're in 80 schools, you know, we partner with companies like Google, Citigroup, uh, Kramer 11, a law firm, I'm sure you're, you know, familiar with, sure. uh, you know, and many, many others. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I mean, you know, one thing I, I guess I'd be curious about, you know, obviously you're a full-time matrimonial uh, attorney, but uh, what, what, what sort of goes on, you know, maybe behind the scenes that a lot of people might not, you know, realize, uh, you know, when it comes to matrimonial law? Sure. Well, matrimonial law is, as a matrimonial lawyer, I wear many different hats. My hat is part, part one hat is part therapist. Another part is part financial advisor. I'm doing a lot of different things and also dealing with people's emotions. 
because divorce, of course, is the it's a, it's a highly emotional time for people. Um, and we are dealing with people's emotions. And it's very difficult. And uh, it takes a lot of time and preparation when we're dealing with and, and what I do mostly for the firm is litigation. So I'm doing trials uh, and it takes a lot of time and effort and preparation. Uh, the, usually when, what I normally say is the best uh being prepared the most for, for a trial gets you prepared for settlements. Hmm. Interesting. And yeah, I mean, one thing that I think, yeah, also a lot of people don't, uh, you know, realize sometimes is how for you to be good at, um, you know, really most um, uh, professions, right? You got to be, uh, you know, multi-talented, you know, you need to be able to uh, do not just sort of your job description, but also, uh, you know, like other types of like coaching and mentorship. Um, you know, so when we teach, uh, you know, school programs, corporate classes, you know, private lessons, whatever it is, uh, you know, it's not just, uh, you know, teaching how to move pieces around the board, but it's also, you know, teaching business life and life skills, uh, you know, and things like, uh, you know, confidence, uh, and, 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 and whatnot. So, um, I, I think that's something to, uh, you know, strongly, uh, consider. So, um, yeah, I, I think, um, also like one thing that I feel like a lot of people might think is, you know, matrimonial attorneys are, you know, essentially divorce attorneys, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, and, and the type of attorney that people, uh, you know, won't actually use, uh, unless they are, uh, uh, you know, like in, 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 unless they're in a time uh, where, where things are, you know, difficult. Um, w w would you uh, agree with that? Or is, is matrimonial attorney the type of person that people should be considering, uh, you know, in, in a happy marriage, let's say, or someone well, like me who's, uh, you know, about to get married to my fiance Stacy in a few months? Well, you, you know, it's a great, great question. And what I, I mean, you know, it, we're, we don't just handle divorce. I mean, we handle, we do prenuptial agreements and postnuptial agreements. So in fact, I'm working on a case now, this afternoon, I'm going to be, we're going to be signing an agreement. People are getting married in about a month. And uh, we deal with those kind of cases when, you know, both parties have family money and they want to protect that money. Um, they enter into these prenuptial agreements, which in the event of a divorce will protect them, protect their assets, and also handle any issues dealing with uh, spousal support for them. Uh, so, so it's not just the divorce end of things. Um, and also we've, unfortunately, we handle cases where there's an order of protection involved. If unfortunately, you know, there are instances where people get physical with, with each other, not involved with the divorce, but they, uh, you know, they, somebody may be physical and we'll go for it. We'll help them obtain an order of protection or defend somebody against an order of protection. Wow. So, and I, and I, and I think that is, uh, you know, important to, uh, you know, consider. Um, and I think it's important to be, you know, preemptive, uh, right. Uh, you know, in, in hiring a divorce attorney, uh, right. Someone like me is not, you know, even remotely considering the fact that, uh, you know, I might one day 
uh, you know, get, you know, divorced, right? We're thinking about, you know, a happy marriage, but, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, you never know, uh, you know, about anything, right? And it's always good to, uh, you know, plan ahead. Um, you know, one, one podcast guest that I've had, Sharon Richter, who's a, a business coach, uh, one of the things that, you know, she talked about was one of the biggest misconceptions about business coaches is people will only use them when they have a suffering business. Uh, right. You know, people that are, you know, business executives that are, uh, you know, growing, uh, you know, they're the types of people that, you know, should have uh, a business coach. Uh, you know, likewise, you know, often, you know, students will ask me like, oh, I, you know, how, how should I be able to, you know, deal with this position? What moves should I make? Right. Not realizing that, you know, they're already in a losing position. Right. You can make all the best moves in the world in a, in a losing position. Uh, and it's going to be very, very difficult. Uh, right. Or, you know, students will, you know, and I, honestly, I've made this mistake myself many, 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 many times. But, uh, you know, you'll start spending a lot of time on the clock uh, once you have a losing position. Right. And, you know, I, I try to say, you know, all, all the time that, uh, you know, and this is something my coach, Grandmaster Leonidi Dawson, uh, used to say all the time, you know, look, in a winning position, that's when you need to spend the most time. You know, once you're in a losing position, then, you know, then you could actually brush and just, you know, hope for the best. So, um, you know, planning ahead, uh, of course, is, uh, you know, very, very important. So Absolutely. Um, planning is everything. So, um, yeah, I mean, that is, you know, crucial. So, um, so speaking of which, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure you unfortunately also deal with, you know, people that are, uh, you know, getting divorced and whatnot, but, um, what, what types of, what, what kind of planning do you typically, uh, recommend, uh, you know, to, you know, let's say younger couples getting married and uh, people that are married that are, you know, thank God at happy marriages. Sure. Well, you know, for people that are looking to get a prenuptial agreement, and you know, most of the times I'll tell people that sometimes they don't need a prenuptial agreement. Uh, it's not always something that's necessary. Really, I, I try to tell them that if they, you know, if they have a business uh, that they're at, they have already before they get married or possibly even uh, an inheritance, that's something that you'd want to protect and do a prenuptial agreement. But sometimes when the parties have similar assets and similar incomes, I tell them you don't need a prenuptial agreement. And, and you know, it, it's not always for everyone. And so, uh, you know, many times I'll tell people, save your money and, not, and don't go through it. Um, but there are instances when you do need it. And that would be when people do have family money or businesses that they need to protect um, outside of just what the law provides. Same thing with income. Sometimes you come into a marriage with a lot of income. And so, you know, you want to be able to limit the amount of support that's going to be paid to it, to the spouse in the event of a divorce. So in that respect, we would uh, say definitely go for, go forward with the prenuptial agreement. So it really depends. Hmm. Interesting. And what would you say, uh, you know, is, is important for, uh, you know, just, you know, from your experience dealing with, uh, you know, lots of different couples types of, you know, 
people, you know, um, are there any sort of like, you know, kind of common lessons that you've, you know, learned over the years, uh, you know, either as an attorney or for, uh, you know, couples to, you know, consider? Well, look, I mean, in order to avoid coming to me for a divorce, I think a lot of times people have to listen to each other. The, you know, the spouses need to listen and they need to hear each other out. A lot of times people are just, they're just not listening and there's no communication. Communication is everything in a marriage. And when that breaks down, uh, most of the time when people come to me, it's either they, there's been a breakdown in communications or it's money. And one spouse is, is basically doing all the, uh, the management of the money and the other one is shut out. So there's no communication and no, and one party saying they don't know what the other party's doing with the money. And that's often when people come to me very, it's very rare that you get people that just fall out of love. If there's usually something that sparks it, and it's usually something where it comes to lack of communication, lack of trust, and uh, not knowing what the other party's doing with the money. Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, communication is is key. Um, you know, I, I actually uh, recently started uh, taking bride and groom classes uh, with Rabbi Yaya Wilhelm of the Chabad of Upper East Side and his okay. wife, Devorah. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's one of the you know, critical things that, you know, we've been talking about. Uh, but like, you know, it's, it's ideas, you know, commitment, uh, you know, it's a, it's a rest of a life thing, you know, respecting each other. Um, and I think, yeah, like a big part of that is, uh, you know, always communicating, being, you know, transparent, uh, over transparent. And I will say that's not, you know, just for, you know, couples, of course, but, you know, it's for business partners. It's for, uh, you know, employee uh, slash, you know, manager or, you know, any type of relationship. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, listening and, uh, you know, communication is uh, you know, crucial. Uh, you know, to, to consider. So, um, so I wanted to uh, change gears a little bit. Uh, you said you've done, you know, a lot of litigation. Um, I've, you know, unfortunately heard, uh, you know, some horror stories about, uh, <laughs> you know, different, uh, you know, divorce cases. Uh, my friend Leona Krasner, for instance, who's uh, been on the podcast, uh, you know, before, uh, you know, has talked about, you know, some of the, you know, crazy, uh, you know, cases that she's done uh, all over New York and, and New Jersey, uh, where she practices. But um, I, we, you know, in teaching, you know, at law firms like Kramer Levin, you know, we, we love teaching, uh, you know, judgment uh, training. And, uh, you know, I do think litigation, uh, you know, does have some, uh, you know, parallels, uh, you know, actually to chess, uh, you know, when it comes to, uh, as you said, you know, planning ahead, um, and also, uh, you know, being able to, you know, think on your feet. So, uh, could, could, do, you, do you have any ideas about how litigation or, you know, maybe the legal process in general, uh, you know, might relate to chess? Uh, sure. I think the best way to, to do it is that I'm always, when I'm preparing for a trial, I'm always thinking of what the other side's move is going to be. Uh, and that, and look, I will profess, I, have never played chess before, but you told me it was okay. So, um, <laughs> so that but, is true. But um, but what I would believe is that if I'm playing chess, that you know, the, a major part of that is being able to anticipate 
what the other person is going to be doing. So when it comes to trial practice, I'm always thinking of what is the other side going to say? If I ask this question on cross-examination, what is the that person going to say? And, and what do I follow up with after that? So it is a, like a chess match when you're doing litigation, because if you're just spouting out questions with no direction, um, and your witness that you're cross-examining is not is somebody that's very experienced. Sometimes we, we cross-examine expert witnesses who are very knowledgeable in what they do. So I'm always, I'm always careful not to get too far into the weeds with my questions, because otherwise I'm gonna get swallowed up by these people. So it's always about thinking, thinking ahead, thinking of the next move which I think is really analogous to, to when you're playing chess. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that is, you know, important to, uh, you know, consider and, uh, you know, the, the, the process, uh, you know, is, is, is there. Um, and actually, uh, my friend, John Blythe, who's a personal injury attorney, uh, he once actually wrote a blog post about how chess actually basically, you know, matches the litigation process, uh, you know, from the very beginning where you're, you know, picking a court, uh, you know, it's, it's like picking, you know, an opening, essentially, you know, you start, uh, you know, the, the you know, actual uh, due diligence, you know, sort of like, you know, the opening preparation, you know, then you get into uh, the you know, trial, sort of like, you know, the middle game starting, um, you know, there's some sort of like verdict, you know, it's like the end game. Um, and then, you know, it kind of goes on, you know, from there. So um, I, I do think that there's, you know, yeah, definitely, you know, a lot of, you know, parallels. Um, what, what, what do you think, you know, an attorney might be able to learn uh, or improve on, uh, you know, by learning chess? I think uh, it, it would help in terms of focus and concentration. I think being, and again, unfortunately, I don't have that experience in chess, but I know in the legal world, when I'm on trial, I'm focused on the case. And I know the case better than anybody else. Um, you know, we deal with thousands of pages of documents. And I always say, I'm, you know, I have to have my fingerprints on each and every one. I need to know everything that's going on in the, in the case. Um, in order for me to best handle a situation when I'm on trial and something comes up. And I would, I would think that's analogous to the chess world that you have to have focus, concentration, and understanding of the game. Yeah, no, I, 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 absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, one thing that, uh, you know, people don't, you know, necessarily realize is, uh, you know, just how much focus is, you know, involved. Uh, you know, you make one bad move, then, you know, everything else could, uh, you know, go down, right? And I think that's, you know, definitely the same in law, you know, you, especially in a, you know, heated, uh, let's say matrimonial, uh, you know, case where, um, yeah, um, you know, things could just, uh, you know, easily go down, uh, you know, after, you know, one, you know, kind of small uh, mistake. Um, so, um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, the last question I, I really wanted to, you know, ask is, um, you know, with, with, with your firm, you know, you've been practicing, uh, you know, for, for many years, 
um, you know, you, you, you may partner, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, at this firm, um, you know, it, for, for attorneys that are, uh, you know, kind of maybe a little bit newer in, in their careers or people that, you know, might be, you know, considering, uh, you know, a, a degree uh, in law, um, you know, what, what recommendations do you have to, um, you know, as aspiring attorneys that are, you know, looking to, you know, one day become a partner at a, at a firm? Well, I mean, I think the first thing is just, you know, for those that want to go to law school, my, I always tell people that are contemplating law school to really, you really want to, you really have to have the desire to do it. It's, there's so much work involved with law school and so much reading and, and, and it's, it's not only a, takes a mental toll, it's a physical toll as well. So once you've decided you want to do that, you want to, you want to be a lawyer, great. Um, and then as once you pass the bar and you're an actual attorney, my best advice to young attorneys is to really learn the law. I mean, it's one thing, we all have the skill of being in front of a judge and making arguments, but you really need to master the law, just like in chess, mastering the moves, you need to master the basics of the law. And I always tell young lawyers, I mentor um, the associates in my firm, the younger associates, and I always tell them, it's nice that you make an argument, but it's got to be backed up by the law. And you really need to, before you, you get into a courtroom, know, the, know your facts, but most importantly, know your law because that's what the judges are going to be looking at. So that's, that's my best advice for young lawyers is just keep working at, at it, learn the law and, and, and become comfortable enough with it that it becomes second nature to you. Yeah, no, I, I think that is important. And I think, you know, look to be rational, uh, you know, is also important. Uh, you know, I was actually going over a game with uh, a student uh, the other day who happens to actually be uh, a business attorney. Uh, and, you know, there's a position that was, you know, very, very complicated, you know, type of position. And he was just a little bit too, uh, kind of, you know, uh, relaxed uh, in his thinking. And uh, he, he just kind of, you know, he was like, oh, well, this, you know, this, this looks good. Uh, but I was like, no, this is a position that is is very complicated. One side is actually down material, right? You got to be very concrete, right? So if you want, you know, to you know say something, you got to you know actually back it up, uh, you know, with the, with the follow up, right? So uh, I think that's you know important to consider. So uh, anyway, I want to you know thank you for you know taking some time to talk a little bit about uh, the behind the scenes of matrimonial law, uh, planning for young couples, the importance of listening and communication. Uh, litigation as a chess game, some of the benefits of chess for attorneys, uh, and of course, some suggestions for uh, aspiring lawyers. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add while you're on the podcast? Well, I want to first thank, again, thank you so much, Evan, for for having me as a guest. And and I got to tell you that you and look to your listeners, you you were amazing on my uh, podcast, Five Minutes with Freed, and uh, your episode will be coming out shortly. Uh, Actually, probably. I think a, it is on already. Actually, I, well, I saw it. Well, it's on it's it's on YouTube, but I put on every Tuesday on my LinkedIn, and if any of your viewers want to look at prior episodes, they could also go to my LinkedIn page and just search my name, Michael Freed. 
Um, every Tuesday, I put a new episode on, uh, so you can check that out. But yes, Evan, your episode is on my YouTube channel. And you okay. just can search five minutes with Preet and you can find it and under your name. And uh, yeah, you did a great job. And again, I just want to thank you for being on my show. And, and I appreciate being a guest on yours. Yeah, well, my, my sincere pleasure. Uh, you know, it's definitely great, you know, being on yours. And uh, as I said in the beginning, I'm you know, always grateful for you know, people for, you know, good connections. So, yeah, thank you, you know, Rebecca, for you know, introducing us and uh, definitely look forward to seeing that. Um, by the way, it is already on our press page on our website. Uh, if you go to premierjazz.com uh, slash uh, media and press, um, it's actually uh, on there as, as well. And uh, along with all of our other, uh, you know, press appearances uh, over, over the years. Um, and uh, yeah, lastly, if anyone wants to you know, reach out, learn more about your practice, maybe get a prenup, get divorced, <laughs> whatever it is, uh, you know, that they might need, uh, how, how can people best get a hold of you? Sure. So again, the name of the firm is Berkman, Botger, Newman and Shine. Our telephone number is 212-867-9123. And you could also reach me directly through email. It's M as in Michael, F-R-I-E-D at Berkbot, B-E-R-K-B-O-T dot com. Okay, amazing. Well, definitely encourage everyone to check out. Um, I know, uh, you know, Michael is very experienced at what he's done. He's been, you know, at it for, you know, many years uh, and has, you know, a, a high quality firm. So definitely uh, recommend you, you know, be in touch with him. And uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on. Thank you.